You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here's y'all on this Thursday, day after Zion Williamson makes his debut for your New Orleans Pelicans. It was, unfortunately, in a loss as the Pelicans fall 121-117 to the San Antonio Spurs. We are going to focus solely on this game in today's show here, uh, talking about Zion, his debut, at times kind of bland and blah and boring and at times some of the most electrifying basketball I've ever seen in my life. We'll also look at what the Spurs did, what the Pelicans did, adjustments made by Alvin Gentry, the rotations, basically everything you want to try and take away from this game. We are about to do so let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So there was a game played last night, though it feels like at times it was overshadowed by Zion Williamson in the media circus around it and getting in there early, being courtside and watching warmups, hearing Alvin Gentry talk. And then you kind of look around and like it was like a who's who of basketball media, to be honest, over there that this had just a different feel of a game than anything I've been to. And I've been covering this team for I think it's nine years now. Next season will make it a decade of me doing this. And I've been credentialed for the majority six, seven years of that. And I've never seen something like this. Not any of the playoffs, not back in 2010, not the first Warrior Series, not the Portland Series or the second Warrior Series after that one. It was just kind of a weird, wild, different kind of night than we're used to seeing here in New Orleans. And at times, it kind of this game gets a little bit lost in the shuffle of things uh, that you have to go out and play actual basketball that impacts the standings. Uh, so it was an interesting night. It was a lot of fun. Late 30 tip-off be damned. People showed up to the Smoothie King Center, especially with prices dropping for tickets uh, in the final couple hours before the game. You could get some sweet deals for this one, to be honest. And people were into it. People knew that this was a special night and you have a very special player making his debut. And for most of the game, it was quiet. This was a game where the Pelicans just could not really get a hold into it and start a comeback because anytime they started to do something right, the Spurs, who felt like they shot 80% or something from the field, just had an answer every single time. And then you had a magical three-minute and eight-second period in the fourth quarter where Zion Williamson went absolutely ballistic. 17 points, 17 straight points in three minutes and eight seconds for the rookies. Four made threes, two shots at the rim, and one free throw made. He ended up finishing the night because we do need to just get this out of the way first. Playing 18 minutes, scoring 22 points on just 11 shots. Going 4-4 from deep will certainly help you with that. Seven rebounds, two offensive, three assists, five turnovers, not great. And we'll focus more on him in the second and third segments, but we'll look at everyone else here in the first one. So it was 
was a 121-117 win for the San Antonio Spurs, who are just the better team on the night. New Orleans had a hot shooting night on Monday against the Memphis Grizzlies, basically kind of the opposite of that other than that stretch in the fourth quarter for Zion. At one point, you had Brandon Ingram be one of seven from the field, one of eight from the field. That's not going to get it done. Though the team ended up shooting 39% from three, it wasn't until Zion hit those four basically in a row that that number started to tick up. They shot 46.4% from the field. Compare that to 50.6% from the San Antonio Spurs and... Well, there you have it. That's kind of the big difference maker there. Spurs at times felt automatic. I'm looking at that 50.6% and it, it feels low based on the flow of the game. LaMarcus Aldridge is a someone the Pelicans had no answer for in this one. 32 points on the night, 12 of 20 from the field, 7 of 8 from the line, 14 points, or sorry, 14 rebounds, 6 of those offensive, 2 assists, 3 turnovers, 1 steal, 2 blocks as well. He was just a menace and a big, big problem. They didn't really try and match Lonzo, or not Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson up against him, but you did have Derek Favors play against him. Favors got into some foul trouble early on in the third with four and was rendered largely ineffective while out there trying to guard Aldrich, who could drag him out to the perimeter where he's a little bit more unsure as a defender and had no answer for that. Favors, by the way, was five of seven in this one, 11 points on the night. He hit his first couple of shots and at one point, dating past uh, back past the past three games had hit 22 straight field goals. That's pretty cool. People thought they were coming to see Zion. They came to see uh, Derek Favors just not missing whatsoever. He was good at times on the night and really got the Pelicans going offensively in the first quarter. But defensively, overall, the Pelicans really had no answer. And it's largely because LaMarcus Aldridge was very, very good in this one. DeMar DeRozan, 20 points on the night. He kind of took Drew Holiday to the rack a couple of times. You didn't see the best defense from Drew in this one. And speaking of Holiday, 4 of 11 from the field, 1 of 5 from deep, 12 points from him, 4 assists. Brandon Ingram, 22 points on the night, but it took him 22 shots to do it. He was 6 of 22, under 30%. That's 27%. That's not great. Hit 2 of 8 threes. Only had 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Not the best night from him. Lonzo Ball, better in this one. 14 points, 12 assists, 8 boards, 3 of 6 from deep, including a couple of big threes in the fourth quarter that helped get the Pelicans back into this one. 4 of 8 overall. J.J. Redick, who was a game-time decision before realizing he could play in this one three of five from the field 10 points overall you had Josh Hart chipping 10 points off the bench Jackson Hayes get some run and kind of get worked a little bit at times by LaMarcus Aldridge nine points three rebounds Nikhil Alexander Walker chipped in two points each one more five Frank Jackson got some minutes took one shot didn't make it so overall the bench didn't give you a ton and well the Spurs were just a better team in shooting better. And give credit to them, too. They didn't let New Orleans do even remotely what they wanted. New Orleans wanted to get out and run, and the Spurs did a really good job of getting back and limiting those transition opportunities and not let the Pelicans do what makes them so dangerous, spread you out and then attack the basket. They really just killed all sorts of court spacing for New Orleans, really defending the paint well, and it made a very big impact and is one of the reasons reasons why New Orleans struggled until Zion went berserk. And we'll look at him going berserk in the next segment, talking about how he did it 
that stretch he had. And then in the third segment, we'll finish up looking at the coaching and the Pelican side more of things. And this one that was a historic night, though a bit of a downer given everything, but still a very fun night of basketball overall. So before we get to Zion, today's show of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Indeed. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help, and millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your shortlist of applicants incredibly fast. Also, add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. There's a library of more than 50 skills tests, which range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade for your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. So it was just a very blah game for New Orleans. The defense wasn't great. The offense was out of a rhythm. All of those things we will talk on probably in the next segment because I think they're important to focus on and to kind of give this game a little bit more context. But then there was a period of three minutes and eight seconds in the fourth quarter where things just went bonkers and the Smoothie King Center erupted in a a feeling and atmosphere that, again, I've, I've never experienced when I've been in there. And I have watched far more games in there than probably most other people to be to be honest uh and i've never experienced something like this despite lots of maybe not lots but multiple playoff series and games let's say and that was when zion scored 14 or sorry 17 straight points in three minutes and eight seconds including going four of four from three one of two from the line and making two shots at the rim it was wild when he kind of paused at the top of the arc and launched that first three everyone's like "Eh," and then it goes in and you're excited And then he takes a second one and it goes in and you kind of look around to each other and like, that really happened? Like, what the hell's going on? And then he hits the third one and who cares about logic and that this shouldn't be occurring? This is just fun and you start to get really excited and high five strangers. And then he hits the fourth one and you start jumping up and down like it's the college, uh, like it's the student section of a college football stadium. And that was the atmosphere in there. You know when everyone in the crowd is just jumping up and down, kind of shaking the stands? It had that type of feel in there and we've had fun we've had loud crowds into it crowds too but never anything that basically just felt like the entire building was collectively losing its shit and that's maybe the best way to describe it 17 straight points in three minutes is is bananas to begin with and it was zion and it was him shooting threes which we didn't expect to see him and it was funny he said in his press conference after the game that yeah maybe his shooting form improved because he couldn't do much athletically for so long that he just kind of had to stand there and shoot i wouldn't say the form was great it didn't look that pretty but you know what four four is four four and he finally had that breakout stretch that we were all hoping for but it took a while to get there so Zion played basically in four to five minute stretches during this when he started the game, played four minutes, was taken out, started the second, played four minutes, came out, started the third, played four minutes, came out, started the fourth, played five minutes um, and a little bit longer or so and kind of started to kind of hit his stride. It's an interesting way to break it up because I don't know if you can really get in a rhythm in terms of just four minutes, but 
that's the the way the Pelicans want to do it. So I get starting him, to be honest, especially in the first uh, half and the second half, because part of it is this. This is a guy who's kind of been on the shelf for a while, going out there and going through warm-ups, and he's one of the last guys that shoots around, then you go through regular warm-ups. To then have him sit on the bench for like 30 minutes before he finally gets into actual game action might be just too long of keeping him on the shelf and keeping him cold. Let him warm up, let him go through the layup lines, and then just put him out on the court when he's kind of warmed up and ready to go and you're likely to get the best sort of play from him. I think that's kind of a big thing. Same for the second half. He comes out, they start warming up, just throw him back out there. Don't make him sit again after that. And I think that's why you saw him get into the starting lineup when maybe that isn't the best move. And he looked out of sorts when he first came out to start this game. You could see that the Pelicans wanted to get him the ball and make him more of a focal point than a complimentary piece, which probably would have been better for him by getting him the ball in the high post early and often. And when he did, he was double teamed. One, you shouldn't want Zion posting up anyone in the high post right now. He works better off ball, and that's very different than the ways they used him in preseason. But you know what? He was getting doubled. That causes the defense to react and rotate and do some stuff, and then he completely flung the ball to most of the right passes. He had a really nice assist early on in his first stint out there. It was just those shots that he passed to, the potential assists, the Pelicans who were so cold during that time just didn't make them. When we get the tracking data on this one, looking at his potential assist numbers, it's going to be through the roof. He probably could have had like nine in this one, finished with three on the night. So... It was a little bit disappointing that they kind of looked out of sorts and he wasn't getting some of those numbers, but he was making the right plays and the basketball IQ from him is absolutely there. Now, the handles were rusty and he had a couple of turnovers like that. He seemed unsure at times offensively of where to go. You have some guys, and again, this comes with just time and chemistry and being an experienced player, and this is his first NBA game ever, of just not knowing what you, you, so you have those guys who just know where to be on the court. They naturally fill the holes or find seams in the defense. He's not a guy who kind of realizes a ton of that yet. When he gets the ball, he can kind of move into way into areas he wants to get to, but off the ball, kind of just filling in where he needs to be, he lacks that right now. That just comes with time, playing chemistry and all of that and should improve overall. Now, the Pelicans getting him the ball a little bit early on maybe threw them out of their rhythm. You got the ball out of Brandon Ingram's hands on those post-ups. Same for Drew Holiday, same for Lonzo Ball. That probably isn't what you want to do, but I think they realized, well, if they're going to double him every time, someone's going to be open and he showed off some passing. That was kind of impressive to see at times. And then the rest of the game, just, you know, as he got into the flow and then really hit his rhythm and stride in the fourth quarter, it worked. And he played exceptionally well in the fourth. The three-point shot is just straight-up lanyap. Everything else he was doing was good. Alvin Gentry said he spoke to him at halftime and said, you need to be more aggressive. I want you to be more aggressive. And Zion came out and was way more aggressive, and you saw it pay dividends. It's good coaching right there, actually. Now, a lot of people are critical of Gentry for pulling him out of the game when it started to hit crunch time, but this was determined by the medical staff. Gentry said he didn't want to pull him, but the medical staff was like, nope, he's done. Don't keep him in there anymore. And this more or less followed their kind of predetermined thing. We didn't think he was going to play more than 20 minutes in this one. He played 18 minutes, eight 
15 seconds. I think I told Fletcher Mackle um, and Ricardo LeCompte of uh, WWL and WDSU, flip those, WDSU and WWL respectively, that I said 18 minutes. That's exactly the number I thought, just a little bit over that. Um, now, I thought they might keep him in if the game was close. They didn't, and they're sticking to the plan, and they're thinking about his long-term future. Could a, leaving him out there for a minute more really impact it that much? Maybe, maybe not, but it's not worth the risk whatsoever. It would have been nice to win this game, but it's nicer to have a healthy Zion for his career. And while, yeah, a minute doesn't seem like it should do much more, Look, when Boogie went down, he was playing significantly more minutes than he had ever played in his career, and on all of that wearable tracking data the Pelicans have been using, was kind of hitting the red. Did that play a factor in it? We'll never know. You kind of feel it might have. You don't want to do any sort of thing that risks that here with Zion Williamson. And at times, he looks sluggish out there, too, to be honest. He did not move nearly as well off ball as we thought he could, um, and, and as he did in preseason. And that'll happen when you haven't played games for three months, basically. So none of this is a huge surprise that they pulled him in. We're just like, nope. We're just not going to risk it. And they're all taking the long-term play here, which is honestly probably right. Zion said all the right things too. He didn't want to come out. It's not his call. He understands, but he wanted to be out there. Same thing with Drew Holiday. like, yeah, I would have liked to have seen him out there, but I get it. It's nice that everyone is not thinking short-sighted on this Pelicans team franchise that like, like we've had for the past seven years before this. It's very cool to see them thinking long-term and it's a little bit refreshing. Disappointing, certainly. But overall, still would have liked, it's nice that they're making kind of the right move for everything. And overall, you can't be all that upset with how this all went. So don't, don't chew out Gentry or anyone with this. We don't know a lot of the stuff kind of going on behind the scenes. And I will defer to all those people making those decisions. So we're going to keep on talking about this game, the Pelicans offensively, the Pelicans defensively too, because those were at times pretty rough and it's worth looking at them. But before we do that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. There's a lot to talk about right now. It was fun last night. Everyone was excited about all of this. Tell your friends about the show, subscribe to the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment. If you get a chance, it takes like 30 seconds. It actually does make a difference in terms of visibility on the podcast, so I appreciate it. I don't ask for much from you all, so please, uh, subscribe to the podcast, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review. So a couple more notes on Zion in his performance. Those four main threes that he had in this game, going four for four, by the way. Um, who needs J.J. Redick when you've got that? And interestingly enough, he did not play a minute with J.J. Redick. And Redick didn't close the game out, actually. And I wonder if that's due to the injury or with the group that Alvin Gentry with to close the game, which included Frank Jackson for a period of time. They just wanted to kind of ride the hot hands in the lineup as much as they could without Zion. That got them back into the mix of everything um, and I wonder if that's kind of some of the coaching that went into this one which look when you had guys who were just off and you know Brandon Ingram couldn't close for you and that's okay sometimes you just have off nights like sometimes you just kind of shrug and like that's that um, you know maybe you just want to do, go with the dudes who have been playing well and got you back into the game even though it was mainly Zion uh, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that and it's something you just kind of have to feel out in the moment but with those four made threes 
Um, he now has two more made threes for his career. For his career as a rookie that spanned one game. Then Ben Simmons does. Ben Simmons has made two threes in his career. Zion's got four. So, I don't know, suck it, Philly, or something like that. Now, just an interesting kind of weird wrinkle of a snap. And we talked about the shooting and some of the other plays that he made. But honestly, what the best one might have been on the night, kind of why I just looked at some of the highlights here, was where he beats Jacob Odell for a rebound from behind and then just immediately takes off in transition and pushes the ball up the court. He hit each one more who was cutting towards the basket for a great transition assist. That's what he's so good at. And that's why everyone was excited to pair him with uh, Alvin Gentry, a guy who can get out and run in transition like that. And then finally uh, either finish himself or make the right pass. And there's a ton of that. And so it was pretty cool to see that moment because that's just kind of the epitome of what New Orleans wants to do in this one. Now, offensively, and I mentioned this in the last segment, I don't think he needs to be as big of a focal point as they tried to make him getting him the ball in that high post at the free throw line and letting him try and do work from there. He doesn't have a great face-up game right now. You saw him when he tried to put the ball on the ground. His handles just are unbelievably rusty, and it led to multiple turnovers. You're not putting him in the best position to succeed like that. I think you need to let him work off ball a little bit more, maybe at times like a decoy, but more just like an off-ball cutter and screen setter, and then get him the ball when it makes sense when your other guys, your main guys in Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, have tried to create for themselves first, and then when that doesn't work and they hand the ball off or dump it off or whatever, well, it's Zion, and he's your finisher there. And that's a better finisher than they have basically from anyone else. So I think that's maybe the best way to use him going forward. Defensively, they were not good in this one. Now, the Spurs killed them in transition at times. And when you're missing to the degree that New Orleans does, you're going to create more transition opportunities for the um, opponent team. And it says they only have four fast break points. They have more than that. And they really kind of got out and ran New Orleans. And then when they were in the half-court backdoor cuts, really hurt too. And just off-ball movement, it's a good Spurs team, um, I guess. And when you don't miss from three or what it seems like it, certainly you're going to lose the game. But this was a game that could have gotten, New Orleans could have gotten back into it, I think. You know, if you watch how some of this went, and it reminded me a little bit of the game on Monday, where all of a sudden Memphis went on a run and made that one a little bit more close and uncomfortable than it should have been. Because the shooting evened out. It just didn't feel like it evened out in this one where the Spurs stayed hot and always had an answer for New Orleans. And that's okay. It's just kind of one of those games. And as much as getting this one and what it means to the standings is important, you're starting to see some things still work. This is one, though, where they just definitely seemed out of their rhythm. And part of that's just a well-coached Spurs team and what can you do? But Alvin Gentry made some... Um, right adjustments, got the right guys in there, stuck with those guys, and this game was close right at the end. Now, the Pelicans need to make some free throws in, in, in blah, sorry, clutch situations, and they were good from the line overall. They shot 78%, 25 of 32. A couple more, particularly at times from Brandon Ingram, who was 8 of 11, so it's kind of nitpicking, would be really nice to kind of close out some of these games and help with it because at times they've struggled with that. But overall, 
unbelievably fun game on the night. Zion's debut, history in the making. Also can really only go up from here. But man, he really set some things up high. And I cannot wait to see him in action on Friday. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Tell a friend, leave a five-star review with a comment as well. Let me know how you thought Zion did on Twitter, at Nola Jake. And as always, I'm Jake Madison. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.